After a long hiatus, God willing, we are continuing the recordings on Mishneh Torah. We are in the book of Avodah. We are going to follow the same schedule as being followed by the daily Mishneh Torah worldwide. And today is the first chapter of Hilchot Avodat Yom Kippurim in Sefer Avodah, which deals with uh, something that many of us might be familiar with from the Tefillah of Avodah of Yom Kippurim that uh, most communities have the custom of, of saying in Musaf of Yom Kippur. Mitzvat Asya Had Vishi Yasim Asi Yom Kippurim Kulu Allah Seder Kimoshkatu Beferashata Haremot, Korbanot Vaviduim Veshilua Hastairush Aravoda, Uveur Mitzvah Zobifrakim Elo. This is only one Mitzvah, one affirmative Mitzvah, and it's to do the procedures of Yom Kippurim. Now, a word about Mitzvot and how Rambam counts Mitzvot. My personal theory is that Rambam's count of Mitzvot and the count to, to 613 is not because he believed that the number 613 has any inherent authority. It's a dirashay masechet makot. It's not, it, it's not disputed, granted, but it's not something because of which we'll bend over backwards to, to draw halachot from and do pilpulim. But rather, Harambam lived at a time following several works that had tried to accommodate that number 613 and in the process of trying to accommodate for that number, they came up with conclusions that were offensive to the system Harambam had in mind for Torah Shbe So that's why he had to go in and say, you know what, guys, I'm going to show you that you can get to this count of 613 in a way that doesn't result in having misvot, for instance, that uh, are misvot the Rabbanan, that are treated as, as the Oraita, and so on and so forth. And one more point about misvot is misvot are not always an action. So for instance, there is a misvah about the signs that make an animal a kosher animal. That there is nothing to do there or not to do, but it's a category. So a mitzvah is like a title, a little folder. There is 613 of them. And inside this folder you can have, as we have right now, uh, several chapters of halachot, or uh, you can have um, a, a, even, even a single action could be multiple misvot. <clears throat> on the day of the fast of Yom Kippurim, um, the, in the Beit Amidash, the, the public korbanot, the public offerings that are brought are just like every day. There's, this is something that's done every single day, which is why it's called korbanat amid. One korban in the morning and one in the afternoon, just like it's done in every single day. In addition to that, we have another korban which is brought on special occasions that's called korban musaf. And musaf comes in different forms depending on the day. The musaf of Yom Kippurim is par ve'ail ve'shiv'a kevasim, an ox, a ram, and seven sheep. Kulan olot, all of them of the form of korban that's called ola. In other words, nobody eats them. They go uh, completely to, to, to be burnt. Us'ir hatat na'asebahutz. There is, in addition to that, a goat that is, uh, is, is being brought, the process is, is done outside, uh, like, like most korbanot are. And that one, uh, the hatat, it's not ola, it, it is eaten uh, at, at night. At night meaning following the, the fast. And in addition to this Musaf, we have something else which is a special Korban for Yom Kippur. 
And it's an it's it's a a bar. It's a a calf, ben bakar, also hatat, but this one is burnt. And then ay leola, and this and in addition to that a a ram, for ola, but both of these have a peculiarity, and that's that they are brought by and from the funds of the kohen gadol. The ayil habamishel sibur hamul beparashat haharemot hu ayil hamul bechumash apikudim bichlal hamusaf, and if you want to, if you wonder, what is this ail, this other ram the Torah talks about in Parashat Haremot, that seems to be brought from the public? So that ail is the one that we just mentioned before. It's part of Korban Musaf, and this is what the Torah also calls the ram of the people. And in addition to everything we just described, which is again whoever is keeping track, Tamid, the Musaf then the, the, the korbanot of the Kohen Gadol. And then in addition to this, we have another korban sibur that comes in the form of two animals. Both are goats. One is korban hatat and is burned. And the other one is a very, very unique korban for Yom Kippurim, which is the scapegoat. It's a goat that is sent, um, it's sent la'azazel. Uh, so Aramam is helping us now keep track. So all the animals that are brought on this day are 15. All of what we said until now is Ola. Two goats are Hatat. One is done outside in the Mizbeach, like most Korbanot, and it's eaten um, after the Tzom. And the other one is brought inside. That's a very special thing about this korban. And it's burnt. And then finally an, an ox or a calf um, by the kohen gadol. And that's also burnt. <coughs> the process for all of these 15 animals that are brought on this day. There is something special. The Kohen Gadol is the only person who is allowed to and who is supposed to do these offerings to conduct this service. And it doesn't matter if this Kohen Gadol is one that was actually anointed with a special oil that we used to have, which was called Shemena Mishha, or or a Kohen that did not have Shemena Mishha, but rather is just filling that role by virtue of the special garments that only the Kohen Gadol wears, that's Merube Begadim. And if you want to know more about the distinctions between Merube Begadim and, and, and Kohen Mashiach, uh, I direct you to Masechet Horayot and Masechet Yoma. The, there are several sugiot that discuss the differences between them. Ve'imaita Shabbat, and if this was, in addition to Yom Kippur, was also the day of Shabbat, the seventh day of the week, Af Musaf Shabbat, and Makribotoy La Kohen Gadol, so too the Musaf Shabbat, which is also brought on this day, should be brought by the Kohen Gadol. And in addition to that, all the routine matters that are done each and every day, for instance, the Ketoret, which is done twice a day, and Hatavat Anerot, which is the, the recycling, the cleaning of the menorah and its lamps. Everything has to be done, must be done by the Kohen Gadol, and it must be also a Kohen Gadol that is married. The Pasuk says that he'll atone 
on behalf of himself and on behalf of his family. And his family means that he must be married. He has to be married. And we'll see a couple of things about that coming up. Halacha Gimal. Shivat yamim kodem liyom ha-kipurim ofreshim kohen gadol mibetul yishkata shop ha-mikdash. Seven days before Yom HaKippurim, the Kohen Gadol is set apart from his house and is brought to a special office that he had in Bet HaMikdash. This is something that we learned directly from Moshe Rabbeinu. When we say this, it's not a historical statement that in fact we know that there is a recording somewhere of Moshe Rabbeinu speaking and saying this, but as Rambam explains in Akdama Lepirusha Mishnayot, everything that we attribute to Moshe Rabbeinu that's another way of saying it's something that we take very authoritatively. We have no written source for it, and we have no mahloket on it. During these seven days, he's not allowed to be with his wife. Lest his wife is found to be impure, which would be contagious. Impurity is contagious under Jewish law which would make him become impure for seven days or, or through the seventh day, which would mean that he cannot uh, do the Avodah of Yom Kippurim. This is within the seven days preceding Yom Kippurim. And in addition to that, we also find a replacement, a bench, Kohen Gadol, because in the event that something happens to the, the functioning, the main Kohen Gadol, the replacement is going to take its place. We must have a Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippurim to do everything that the Jewish nation needs to be done this day. So whether the, 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 the psul, let's say that we need to replace the Kohen Gadol, it doesn't matter when it happens and what has already been done before this something happened to this Kohen Gadol. Whatever he is, the next one takes his place and continues, takes over from where he had stopped. Um, and, and we don't need... We don't need the, the, any training for this other Kohen Gadol. And some people explain that Hinuch is not the training, but it's the, the Minha, a special offering that the Kohen would bring to, to officially assume that role. After Yom Kippurim, presumably the first one is already fine. Let's say he was Tameh or something of that sort. Then he goes back to, to, to serving. We, we, when we remove the first Kohen Gadol for a temporary moon, uh, he doesn't lose his office. He goes back to, to doing what he used to do. But the second one does, does, uh, is demoted. However, although he was demoted and no longer serves as Kohen Gadol, he still has the obligations and restrictions and responsibilities personally that attach to a Kohen Gadol. And moreover, if he does go ahead and, and, and does any service, although he's not supposed to, that service counts. In other words, we'd have two Kohanim Gadolim, just one of them is acting and the other one is not acting, but, but the second one is also a Kohen Gadol for, for all intents and purposes, except that he doesn't do any Avodah. 
ואם מת הראשון, זה השני מתמנה תחתיו. And if the first one, the main Kohen Gadol, ends up dying, then instead of finding another Kohen Gadol to take his place, we, take, we give this replacement Kohen Gadol uh, the place of, the, of this Kohen. So long as, as he worshipped on one Yom Kippur for one second. Back to what's done on Yom Kippur, in Malachat Dalet. בשבעת ימים אלו מזין עליו מאפר הפרה בשלישי להפרשתו ובשביעי שהוא ערב יום הכיפורים, שמא נטמע באמת ולא ידע. During these seven days, we, we do the אפר הפרה, which is also called מנידה, um, it's, it's a process of purifying from טומאת מת, and it's done on the third day and on the seventh day, the seventh day happens to be ערב יום כיפור, and why do we do this? Because just in case this Kohen may have been um, impure, impurified, may have been defiled by contact or being in the same room with uh, some, some dead uh, body of some sort. Um, However, if the third day or the seventh day is Shabbat, then we, we move the, the Hazayah, we don't do it on, on, on Shabbat. Um, or we don't do it at all, because we'd, we'd need both for, for it to work, and we are just doing this just in case, and therefore it's not enough to, to override uh, Shabbat. Uh, another point that I want to interject here about all of these things that we do just in case, etc. Bear in mind that all of Am Israel knows that this is happening. The Avodav Yom Kippurim, like Avodav Bet HaMikdash in general, and like much of the worship in Judaism in general, has a deep psychological effect, both in the national psyche of Am Israel as well as the individual psyche of each person that is aware that something is happening. And think of all of the unresolved guilt and, and complexes that we m- may have, uh, perhaps due to mistakes we did, things that we regret. And yeah, we do Teshuvah and that counts. But that awareness that there is this perfect process happening in Bet HaMikdash um, every single year on this special day by this special person going through these special rituals and all of these special processes, all of this has an effect on all of us. And that's why things that happen in the Beit HaMikdash, that's one of the reasons, need to be so perfect. Because we need to know that those things are happening in such a perfect way because that's the only way that perhaps this is going to help us cleanse those little traces we have from... Um, maybe uh, bad deeds that, that we did. In these seven days, while he's waiting, while he's away from his wife, uh, the, the, the Kohen Gadol is shown and he's trained on all of the services. Zoreket Adam, he does the, the, the spilling of the blood. There is a name for it in, in, uh, in English, and, and I forget what it, what it is for ritually throwing the blood of, a, of an offering on, on a wall. Um, he also brings the incense, burns the incense. He lights the lamps. He brings the, the, the limbs of the Korban Tamid, which is done uh, 14 times, those seven days, on the Mizbeach. So that he is used to doing this on Yom Kippurim. Bear in mind, the Kohen Gadol didn't really do much throughout the rest of the year, so he wasn't, uh, as some, some of the other Kohanim, a very well-versed, very uh, big expert 
and, and accustomed to doing all of these things. And we didn't want anything to go wrong. So we needed at least these seven days of training or retraining or remembering, etc. And in addition to that, there is like a, a delegation from the Hachamim of, of the Sanhedrin, of the Bedin, that uh, read before him the, pesuki, the re- relevant Pesukim and they teach him all the halachot of what to do. And they tell him as follows, Ishi Kohen Gadol, uh, our master or my master, the Kohen Gadol, Why don't you read this time? Maybe you forgot it, maybe you never learned it. So in other words, it was important for him to read it on his own, which might be a lesson for us about um, the difference between reading something out loud myself or hearing it from somebody else. And on the eve of Yom Kippurim in the morning, they'd make him stand on Sha'ar Hamizrah, one of the gates of one of the eastern gates of, of Beit Hamikdash, which is one of the main entrances towards Yerushalayim, and it's it's Sha'ar Nikanor, and uh, uh, sorry, it's within Beit Hamikdash. It's between the Azara. The Azad Nashim and Azad Israel, they'd make him stand there, and then they'd they'd uh, show him, they'd pass before him all the kinds of animals that he'll that that he'll need to to recognize, and maybe they'll they'll show him how to hold them, how to do the shechita, etc. For the seven days, he was allowed to eat and drink whatever he wanted. Of course, not not alcoholic drinks, which is forbidden in Beit Hamikdash. However, um, as the day was darkening, the eve of Yom Kippurim, he wasn't allowed to eat a lot, unlike most people that try to eat as much as they can before the fast, because they didn't want them to fall asleep, and eating a lot does make a person sleepy. And the reason they didn't want them to sleep is because when someone sleeps, he might have a, a nocturnal emission, which is something that brings about Tum'ah and, and makes a, the Kohen unfit for uh, worshipping Beit HaMikdash. And also they wouldn't give, let, let him eat things that um, were understood to, to induce and to stimulate the production of, of semen, like eggs, and uh, warm milk, I guess things high in, in fat, and things of that sort. Halacha A little bit of a historical halacha. Bime bayit shenitzat haminut beYisrael, v'yatsuat zedokim mehera yovedu, she'enan ma'aminim betorash be'alpe. During the second Beit HaMikdash, um, there was some uh, heretics started appearing in Am Yisrael. This is around the time that uh, early Christianity began as well. And one of the sects that arose was the Tzedokim, which were from within the Kohanim, it seems. That's why they call themselves Tzedokim after Tzadok, which was a very common name among Kohanim um, uh, in reference to Tzadok, who was the Kohen that, if you might recall, sided with Shalomo and not with Adon Yahu uh, after David or, or as David was dying. So 
let, let their name disappear quickly. Arambam prays that Sedokim, what characterized them is that they did not, um, they did not accept the authority of, of the oral tradition, namely of the Sanhedrin. And therefore they, they thought that one could come up with alternative explanations and traditions that were not the ones um, formally and officially held by Am Israel. And one of the things that they would say is that the Ketoret on Yom Kippurim, you would not do it inside, but you would do the fire, you would burn the incense outside in the Hechal, in the building, but outside Kodesh HaKodashim. And only after uh, it starts, uh, the, the, the smoke catches and the incense is actually going, you bring it, that's when you bring it inside. And they, they, their mistake was based on the Pasuk that says in the Torah, for by or through the cloud I will make myself known on the Kaporet. Uh, kaporet is a covering of, of, uh, of the, of the um, Aaron. And then, and then they said, oh, the, this cloud must be the, the smoke of the Ketoret. In other words, we have to emulate the same cloud that used to appear in the Mishkan on top of the Ketoret, and therefore we have to make sure that the only thing that um, happens there is the smoke. So the way we do that, the Tzedokim would say, is we make the incense outside in the Hechal, and after the fire catches, we bring the smoky Ketoret without the fire into the Kodesh HaKodashim, which is not right. But Hachamim learned by tradition that um, the, the Ketoret is actually supposed to be ignited, the fire for the Ketoret is supposed to be done inside Kodesh HaKodashim um, before the Aron, not on top, but before the Aron. Not like the Tzedokim used to do, that used to do it outside and then bring it on top of the Aron. And we have a pasuk for that. In other, and when we have a pasuk for that, um, one might suspect that this is a derasha that was that had to be made. In other words, this is not an instance in which we we say this is halacha Moshe misinai. Right? This is an instance in which we have a pasuk and a derasha, a formal, officially accepted derasha uh, that Tzedokim did not accept. Now the historical fact. And because in the second temple it used to happen that some Kohanim had some allegiance to Tzedokim and when the Sanhedrin was in power and was, was populated by a majority of, of Perushim which wasn't always we actually had a Yom Tov celebrating when that happened in other words, before that it wasn't the case um, But when we held the, the cards, we used to make sure that the Kohen Gadol also agreed with his tradition. And as a, as a test of loyalty, they used to make the Kohen Gadol take an oath before Yom Kippur. And they would tell him, Ishi Kohen Gadol, my master Kohen Gadol, sir Kohen Gadol, we are the emissaries of the Beddin, of the court. Don't forget that you are acting as our agent and the agent of Bet Hadin, of the court, and we hereby 
on your behalf, we, we, we take an oath on your behalf, or we, we make you take an oath. On the name of the one who chose to have his name be called upon the, or on this, this uh, building, God, that you may not change one thing from everything that we told you to do. And when he heard this, the Kohen Gadol, he would uh, turn away and he would cry often. That it came to the point that they had to, to, to do this because there was a suspicion that maybe he, he did not have the allegiance to the Perushim, but rather to the Tzadokim. And they, the Shaluchim of the Bedin, would also cry because they, they had come to the point that they had to suspect someone about whom they had no reason to suspect. So we just don't know. But just not knowing in that generation, in that time, was enough to justify this suspicion. And that was a reason to lament and to cry. And maybe there is nothing wrong in, in, inside his heart. Now what happens at night? We said before that he shouldn't fall asleep, right? So all the night of Yom HaKippurim, Kohen Gadol Yoshev Vedoresh. Um, he's supposed to sit down, the Kohen Gadol, and study Torah. Sorry, Vedoresh Imaya Hacham. He should study Torah on, himself, on his own if he was, by his own right, a, a sage, a scholar. If he wasn't a scholar, if he was just someone who is still on his way to becoming a scholar, the Shiluhe Din that had been appointed to, 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 take, to take care of him, they would be the ones studying Torah before him. If he, one more thing that he could do is if he was used to and knew, he was fluent in reading the Tanakh with the Amim, he should do so. If he wasn't, the Shiluhim would read before him. All of this so that he doesn't fall asleep. And if they are reading something, so if he's reading alone, he can read whatever he wants. But if someone else is reading for him, then the possibility arises that he might fall asleep, which is not the case when you're reading for yourself. So what should they read before him to prevent him from falling asleep? They should read on the books of Ketubim. And Arabam explains that books like Daniel and Iov and I guess Megillat Rut, um, Aizra, Divrei Hayamim, they have stories and are very engaging and interesting and it's unlikely for a person to fall asleep listening to that. If he was still uh, tending towards falling asleep, was about to... to he was dozing off. The, the, young, the youngsters, the, the children of the Levim, or the young Levim, they would come before him and uh, do noise with, with their fingers. They would snap their fingers. They would tell him, um, They would tell him, My sir, Kohen Gadol, please, Right now, rise a little bit and put your your feet, which which were bare, your bare feet, on on the floor, which was made of marble and was cold. Um, which would prevent him from falling asleep. 
ומתעסקין עם מועד שמגיע זמן השחיטה, and they would do this until it was time to do the שחיטה, which was very early in the morning, as we are going to see. ולא היו שוחטין עד שמקדין שעלה השחל בוודאי שמי שחטו בלילה. But, and one is adding here, although we are going to say this again, that the שחיטה may only be done once we know for a fact that, um, that, uh, that a lot of shahar had happened. Um, it's before sunrise, um, dawn, uh, lest they do it and it's still night, which obviously would invalidate the korban. Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen Amen.